Have you been looking for that special podcast? But look no further, you just found it. This is Grand Theft Podcast. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Grand Theft Podcast. We'll be taking a rose-tinted look back at our favourite GTA games, as well as eagerly holding out our empty gaming bowls and asking, please Rockstar, can we have some more? I am your host Gareth, and with me each week is the Roman to my Nico, the love to my fist, the piss to my Vassar, it's co-host Gary. Gary, how are you this week? I'm not too bad, how are you? How come you've never returned my calls for bowling? How come you've never returned them? I mean... Come on, I, I I just want to be your friend, man. I know that's it. Don't take it. Don't take it personally. Everybody gets the hang up treatment. <laughs> good, good. Yeah, I'm doing okay. Um, how are you, good sir? Oh, I'm good, thank you. Excited to get started with this. This is a fun project that I can see uh, growing as as the weeks and months go on. Yeah, definitely. Like, um, it was very out of the blue uh, when you messaged me asking me to be involved. Uh, but as soon as you did, I was like, "Yep, this is something I really want to be a part of." Because I got a lot of love for Grand Theft Auto and feel like I need to share it. That's it. It's all about the sharing. And you know what? No Grand Theft Auto is anything without NPC dialogue. That means you at home. If you've got anything to add, any uh, questions you'd like answered or any discussion points, please drop us a line at grandtheftpodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on Instagram at grandtheftpodcast. Shall we get started? Yeah, let's get started. This is the part of the show where we discuss news, leaks and rumours surrounding GTA in a segment that we like to call Weasel News, confirming your prejudices. Now we're not going to be the first to break any headlines. Hey, we're not even going to be well informed. But we have the microphones, so you have to listen. (laughs) So we're going to be talking about some of those many reports and leaks that are pointing toward a remaster or a a rebuild of the 3D trilogy, the PS2 trilogy. Mm -hmm. Or what we like to call... The Holy Trinity. The Holy Trilogy, (laughs) that's right. Uh, So that would be Grand Theft Auto 3, Vice City, San Andreas. Mm Mm-hmm. So as yet, there's nothing official about this. Rumours are, are starting to gather a little bit of pace online yep. um, with a new video dropping on YouTube nearly every day. Take-Two boss uh, Strauss Zelnick, who is the head of the publishing company for Rockstar, uh, was asked recently about it. And while not being pinned down to any specific details, he did say that remastering has always been a part of the strategy. We don't just port over. We actually take the time to do the very best job we can, making the title different for the new release for the new technology that we're launching on. So, this really begs the question, if we are getting a remaster of those games, first of all, are we excited about it? Of course we are. Yes. Of course we're excited. Yeah, that's... (laughs) That's why we're here. (laughs) That's it, that's it. Done. It's it's over. No, um, yeah, no, super excited. Like, uh, this trilogy is, like, just, like, cemented in gaming history as being this, like, unbelievable entity that uh, like GTA 3 changing the landscape of uh, gaming forever back in 2001 and then each iteration through Vice City through San Andreas just made things better and better and um, yeah like if we're gonna get like remakes of them then I'm all for it yeah I I think so too and I think with it being the 20th anniversary of uh, GTA 3 yeah, which is uh, October, I think it is. October Western release, I believe, yeah. Yeah. I think it's a fantastic time. I think it's mm-hmm. been long enough that we've seen that iteration of Liberty City yep. uh, and hung around with those characters. It would be fantastic to revisit those, especially with nice, new, shiny graphics. But 
really there's a few questions about there. It's like, what kind of improvements do we think or what would you like to see within those? Well, me personally, uh, I, I grew up with those games. Nostalgia plays a huge part in the reason why I enjoy these games. Uh, I can find them easy to pick up and play because it's just all muscle memory. Yeah. But uh, they are dated. They are. They are really, really dated in terms of controls and and gameplay. So if you can give me GTA 3, Vice City and San Andreas with all the new bells and whistles that GTA 5 has, then I'm all for it. Yeah. That's, I think that's the main thing. I think um, to go back to the clunky R1 to aim. R1 to aim and circle to shoot. <laughs> when you move the right stick, you would just snap onto first person mode and it would be goofy and I don't think you could change the XY. Uh, it was just... It was a bit of a nightmare to play sometimes. Yeah. That muscle memory definitely jumps in and nostalgia jumps in as well. I think we're spoiled mainly for games now in terms of uh, like how games control and they feel because like ever since possibly the start of uh, the PS3, Xbox 360 era, mm-hmm. they started to get a more unified control system where yeah. it is like your left analog stick would be moving you forward, backward and strafing. Your right one was kind of you look around and turn. Then like L2 was aim, R2 was shoot, which made sense because you've got triggers to shoot instead of pressing like X or circle. But yeah, like nowadays, like you can pick up any game and feel quite comfortable working out the controls because everything seems to have almost that unifying thing. But like back in the day, like they no one cared. No, (laughs) no one really cared. They just did what they they felt was right on the controller like if you were playing gta 3 vice city and san andreas for the first time in 2021 you would feel like it would feel so alien it really would feel alien if this was your first time playing it no this is it i think it would be great to have classic edition in there as well i like games that do remakes that have like some kind of element of that like halo anniversary one you can click in the right stick and it changes it back to the old graphics just for the hell of it oh really yeah like stuff like that which is excellent i really really like that yep and you know what i will 100 percent yet again for about the fourth time <laughs> be parting with my money for these games. yeah same here <laughs> Do you think it'll be the new maps? Do you think we'll be playing in, in Grand Theft Auto 4's uh, Liberty City or will it just take us back to 2001 Liberty City? Um, I don't know. Like, it depends what they're doing with it. Like, if it's going to be a remake or reimagining from the, like, ground up. So if it's a remake, uh, just with all the nice new bells and whistles and stuff like that, then I think it should just be the same map. But if they are going to be tweaking with things and adding things and uh, changing things up, then a new map would be great. I think it'll be very interesting to to drive around, if it's the exact layout, a very high-res version of, of 2001's Liberty City. It's a very, very small. It is. Like, compared to, obviously, GTA 4's Liberty City and obviously San Andreas as well uh, from GTA 5. Yeah, I mean, San Andreas is one of those things that by the time you get all the way to Los Venturas at the end, you pretty much forget where Los Santos was or where you were kind of thing. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So yeah, it's it's one of those. However, I think GTA 3's Liberty City was very cleverly designed in that each time mm. that you unlock a new city, it's, it's a very natural way of progressing it's almost kind of like a little bit of additional dlc you know you're you're yeah. rediscovering the game you're getting new missions mm-hmm. you're getting new characters uh, and you're kind of moving on so it's a very cleverly built yeah. little city but if they were to share the same um cities as their you know their hd mm-hmm. um counterparts that kind of takes the, the question in as are these all in the same universe now yeah because it was always denied or it was always claimed that the the top down ones the ps2 trilogy 
and then four onwards uh, are all in their own individual and they're not actually in the same universe so would that take them all together yeah no um i th- i think we were we were kind of talking about this when we were sort of planning out these podcasts and uh yeah like um i think rockstar have like said okay like these are the universes like you've got your uh, ps1 your ps2 trilogy and then the hd trilogy and um but there are links between all of them like um there is like uh, claude from gta3 is actually claude speed from gta2 yep uh you've got uh, laszlo who runs from like gta3 all the way through to gta5 um you've got you got franklin and cj being cousins in real life and also in the game that's right yeah 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 so um so yeah i don't know like whether they're just like uh yeah it is it isn't if they do the reimagining and bring everything up and they like completely change everything Mm -hmm. then yeah go for it have everything in the same universe like make it all fit together really nicely because that trilogy is like it's such a great kind of progression if you do go from vice city to san andreas to gta3 if you play the story out like that it is like it's such a good story like from game to game even though like each one's self-contained you just see the through lines through everything and oh it's it's nice it's really nice it would be fantastic and i think that's probably the way i'm going to do it if if they all come down in, a, in one big dump of of games download them all or they're attached to the the third installment of the grand theft auto 5 trilogy which is grand theft auto 5 grand theft auto 5 and grand theft auto 5 um it would be a fantastic fantastic yeah. um playthrough is to is to go through canonically from 1984 all the yeah. way through to to 2001 with grand theft auto 3 It'd be interesting to see if they add uh, any of the Liberty City stories or Vice City stories in there as well. Yeah, no, the like the the possibilities are endless, and we can like sit here and speculate for days on end about like what we what we would like to see and what we would want from these remakes. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you know what, we will speculate week after week after week after week. Oh yeah, definitely. That's where we get our content from. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a waiting game now. Uh, another question here in terms of the radio do you want the same soundtrack or do you want a mixture of old and new do you want completely new or would you like a custom soundtrack like you make your own that's a very interesting prospect because the the games if you were to download them on ps4 or ps5 just now the licensing is or much of the licensing is actually dropped off and therefore the the soundtracks are are very Mm -hmm. different um, from the way that they were released back on ps2 so it'd be very interesting to see if they re-curate and add new tracks in there if they renew some licensing um yeah in order to get them back to the way they were uh, at the start personally i think something quite new would be good um it is one of those things that technical limitations back at gta3 kind of timings due to the the size of the disc it wasn't the longest playlist that we got uh, although there was some really good um, radio stations yeah. in there as well i also find quite interesting to think if they were to move the scarface soundtrack which makes up a majority of the licensing on gta3 and actually move that across to um yeah. vice city which is quite obviously a huge homage to that film mm-hmm. so it makes me think that that was either like oh let's get the soundtrack in there because a we can afford it b it might be our only chance to use this kind of yeah. thing and then realize that wait a minute we've got a sequel coming out next year it's in a, a version of miami and oh it's basically scarface yeah it's basically scarface <laughs> yeah i think rockstar have enough pool and they have enough uh, dollar to license out some absolutely fantastic songs so i think out of all the soundtracks out of that original trilogy i think they'll tinker with three a lot more like adds probably more licensed tracks in there that they can get their hands on 
I can see them for Vice City and San Andreas taking like best of possibly a few though like the well-known ones like from um from each radio station and then filling the rest out with uh, others yeah. of that kind of genre just to keep things kind of interesting and stuff like that but like i just want like a song to come on and just like yeah this feels right feels absolutely right this should be in this game yeah that's it and that, that's one of the main things that rocks are always nails is pulling up the the right era using just the right songs just to to build a world that only rockstar can really do up to that kind of level yeah um there's a retry system which i like oh yes okay yeah so like you die or you fail a mission stuff like that and then it cuts to a screen do you want to retry and it starts directly from the start of the mission because that that officially wasn't taken until four like i think that's it's another thing that like games have just kind of spoiled for us now is just like the auto save the checkpoint systems and everything like that i, I think it's kind of necessary um especially if they do want to get slightly new members of the community or a new audience to to these games to be able to to branch out a little bit uh, maybe some people whose first game was gta 5 and they maybe want to to present these you know older versions in a in a playable way and it'd be interesting to see if they if they add and, and this is something i was totally against uh when i first saw it in i think ballad of gay tony when it came out you're ranking for a mission okay and i thought oh my goodness this is awful why do i have to go and replay this mission 10 times just to get gold <laughs> and then of course by the time gta 5 comes out yeah. I'm, i've got gold on every single mission i mean it's one of those amazing things that i yeah. you know I, I knocked until i tried it and then oh i was addicted after that so um it'd be interesting to see if they've got challenges like that yeah it's a good incentive i think like any game that gives you a kind of sort of ranking thing if it's handled well yeah that's a big thumbs up that um well it encourages you to play more and uh, just get better at the game like at a good pace for, yeah i agree i agree and for replayability as well i think if you've got a, a single player story like that replayability is going to be huge because it'll be interesting to see if these new maps uh, or new versions of these games are going to be included in gta online oh, or yeah. if they're going to be strictly as they were mm-hmm. um story missions so yeah lots to take in there yeah definitely now time for our weekly series where we look back at our favorite characters that have helped build the gta world this week we're looking at grand theft auto 3 so we start off in our 3d world with claude a very unique protagonist very unique character they decided to make him a silent protagonist Mm -hmm. and that has pros and cons um obviously you don't get much characterization from claude uh, because he doesn't have a voice but it's a lot to do with his actions Yes. Uh you can you get his character through his actions which in turn are your actions. Yes. So the positive of this is that because he's a blank slate it's basically like he's an avatar for the player. He's a projection of the player. So if you want your Claude to be straight focused, story focused Claude that just goes from point A to point B, you can do that. Yep. But if you want him to be gun-toting, uh, rampage going, uh, unique jump finding, <laughs> pedestrian running over, uh, just anything. Uh, if you just want him to go batshit crazy, then you can do that with Claude as well. Yep. And this was one of the first games for myself that I got to experience stuff like that. Like any game up until that point was very much like I was very story driven. I liked an end in the beginning. Um, you have your character that you take control of and uh, you just play through the story. Whereas this was the first time that I actually was given yeah. a taste of freedom. And it's like, oh, by the way, I can actually just go over here. I don't need to go over there to that story marker. I can go over here and do this thing or do that thing. Changing the face of gaming for the better 
ever since 2001. It is such a unique title. It is. And I think, like you say, that, that decision to have Claude silent, I think is A, where a lot of the controversy came from. I think maybe yeah. if he spoke, if he showed a little bit of his own character rather than mm-hmm. it being the person. I mean, not only the fact you could drive down the, the pavement and just plow people down, but I yep. think um, with you being the, the the protagonist essentially and his actions being your actions, I think is, is a lot of where that came from. Mm-hmm. But also with it being almost a, a genre defining, the first of its kind, I yep. think it was a very clever decision not to have this overpowering. I mean, even if you play Mario, there's still a couple of lines of text there to, to tell you how the, the the characters thinking and and what they're wanting to do in that specific moment yeah you don't get that with uh, claude no you really don't get that with claude like like you said with mario obviously like uh the subtext of that is that you're the good guy you mm-hmm. got to rescue the princess from bowser that's uh, mario 101 uh, so you know that you are the hero of this whereas claude uh, he's not a hero no no he is just a man that is trying to get by. He really is. We first pick up on with Claude in uh, actually San Andreas. Yes, we do. As we meet the antagonist uh, of this game, uh, Catalina. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they kind of ride off into the sunset. So I think at that point he's thinking, well, this is quite rosy. Mm-hmm. Got myself a little crime buddy. Mm-hmm. We're going we're gonna to be millionaires. Yeah. Only to find out that he does a bank job and gets screwed over by Catalina. Yeah, so he's introduced and he gets stabbed in the back by, um, like I said, the antagonist of this, which is Catalina. Basically, her kind of empire that she's trying to build off of uh, the drug Spank. Brilliant. Which is going to be um, put across uh, the whole of Liberty City. Mm-hmm. So she's building her empire around that. But to get, obviously, money to get things started, they rob this bank and creates an well, basically just betrays Claude, shoots him, leaves him for dead. Claude takes the rap for the bank heist and he ends up getting arrested. Poor Claude. I mean, it's it's not going well for him. Yeah, poor Claude. However, he gets caught up in a, a bit of a, a jailbreak. Yes, he does, yeah. Uh, and this is where we meet him. Yeah, definitely. Um, GTA 3 is pretty much just all killer, no filler. Mm-hmm. There's no... Like, it's such a streamlined game. Like, I can think of a few things in Vice City and a lot in San Andreas that, like, is a lot of, like, fluffing and padding around, like, to extend run times and stuff like that. But this is their first attempt at doing this kind of open world game. Mm -hmm. So this is such a lean, streamlined game with a few side missions dotted about, but just, like, just enough so that you feel like it's, like, okay, uh, it's not detracting away too much from the story. No which uh, probably gives the story a really good pace as it goes on. Yeah, it does. And the start, and the start of it, obviously going to Luigi uh, for your first set of missions, is this is your tutorial missions. Mm-hmm. These are like five or six missions that show you the mechanics of the game and what you need to do in it. And it, it's brilliant because you get introduced to each member of the Leon family, like so the mafia that runs Portland. And... Um, yeah, it's just such a such a cool thing. So you get obviously like Luigi, you have uh, Joey, who is the mechanic. Yep. In the garage, uh, he's well one of one of Luigi's girls. Uh, Misty's actually Joey's girl. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. one of the first missions is you got to pick her up and take her over to see Joey. Classic. That's that's what you need from a GTA. Yeah, and then you got Tony Cipriani as well, and then everything kind of sort of leads up to you meeting the Don, who is Salvatore Leon. Yeah, through a, a course of of increasingly uh, kind of crazy missions, uh, even for three, mm. which wasn't way over the top as you kind of build up and like you say you're you're getting closer and closer to the the head of the the family um mm-hmm. 
mm. which is kind of pivotal. Um, that's really where the story kind of jumps into its kind of second act, as it were. So like many a story, obviously, obviously there's a three-act structure mm-hmm. and your first act here is obviously based in Portland mm-hmm. and uh, it is very much mafia-based, which has got all the pools from like Goodfellas, Godfather, Sopranos, everything along those lines. And then bringing in some of the actors yes. that have portrayed roles like that, uh, it just adds such a nice little taste of class to gta 3 i think it does again it's one of those things that it just cements it in a little bit of a a a realism or an authenticity like you say it's taking those actors um like let's start with joe pantoliano um phenomenal luigi yeah Yeah. Uh, and that's like the first character that you that you meet Mm -hmm. and you've got this this huge star yeah lending um a great bit of authenticity yeah and then um well, obviously, uh, getting led on there to Tony Cipriani, who's voiced by Michael Madsen as well, obviously from yes. Tarantino kind of fame. And uh, he, like his voice is instantly recognizable, but like his his story is excellent. He is actually the protagonist in uh, Grand Theft Auto Liberty City Stories. Yes. It's good. It's really good. But yeah, um, yeah, Tony, Tony's quite good because you hear him on Chatterbox at certain points as well. <laughs> and he's got some relationship with his mum. That's like his, right. Like, like uh, his mom, I think his mum's just looking out for him and stuff like that. And he's like, no, I can do it myself. It's fine. I can, right. <laughs> I can handle things just and stuff like that. that. Yeah. Like each mission giver like just build on the foundation of those like kind of tutorial missions and then it all culminates with you getting a limo and picking up each of the each of the family members so luigi joey and tony and taking the limo around to salvatore leon's mansion at the top of portland and yeah you meet you meet the don and you also meet maria as well yeah a big a big moment for the story and a very interesting character as well. Mm-hmm. Someone who, um, in almost a Bioshock-esque way, using you, the player, using the, the character of, of Claude to get what she wants um, by the way yeah. of, of you know your gameplay mechanic of just going to the next mission kind of starter. She's really pulling those yeah. strings in the way that Bioshock, and spoilers for Bioshock, um, oh, there's yeah. a big twist in that one. If you've not played it, go and play mm-hmm. it right now. Um, but It's amazing. It's Yes, it is. It's one of the... the the best single best um gaming twists that you'll ever you'll ever come across but yeah she she's really pulling the strings of of claude and, and getting what she wants um mm-hmm. as you you kind of find out toward toward the end of that first act that she is basically claiming that claude and her are, are an item um and having to flee by boat to be able to get to the second island it's bizarre as well like it's the fact that like obviously like i think she just feels like she's sort of a prisoner in the mafia ranks and stuff like that. Yep. And like, like she's supposed to be the trophy wife for Salvatore. But then um, like Salvatore is not dumb. He's really no. not dumb. And he kind of picks up on this. So after you do, uh, after you do a few missions for Salvatore, he's like blow up the triad fish factory. That's right. By um, with like almost a Trojan, you, you go and steal a van and get it tricked out and then go and park it in the, the courtyard. Yeah. And then, uh, so you destroy that. And then before you celebrate, he's like, oh, by the way, before we do anything, we need to get rid of this car because it's got brains all over the back <laughs> and uh, it needs to be crushed. And then as soon as you start driving towards that car, you get a pager from Maria saying, uh, there's a bomb in the car and come meet me at the docks and we'll escape. 
again, a great way that, that Maria's kind of pulling the player and mm-hmm. kind of manipulating the, the character, um, which is a great yeah. way uh, of being able to do it because you, you don't really question that. You just head back and off you go. You go and meet Maria. It's a choice given to you, but like uh, you can actually like not go to the docks mm-hmm. and you can go to this car. And as soon as you go in the car, it blows up. Brilliant. Uh, something quite cool because I never do that like I always like I'm like oh crap Salvatore's on to me I'm gonna go and uh, head off with uh, Maria I think it's a it's a great way that Rockstar's kind of playing with traditional gaming tropes uh, again going back mm-hmm. to Mario the princess is in another castle all right I'll just go off yeah. uh, off we go through this other castle you don't really question why you're doing it or what's happened to yeah, you. yeah even though yeah we eventually find out that all the the members of the mushroom kingdom have been turned into all the bricks and walls so every single time you break a brick you're actually killing a member of the mushroom kingdom Mario's a really dark that, game if you if that you is so look. dark that's so dark and it's in the manual I think it it's is. in the manual for uh for Super Mario 64 and it's just like that or like the original Super Mario and it's just like that's insane it is that's crazy it is <laughs> you're supposed to be family fun Nintendo come on yeah that's it they're slipping some stuff in there yeah but yeah they're they're just playing on those those classic tropes the same way that Bioshock does um, in the you the player picks up the controller mm-hmm. controls the character from point A to point B doesn't necessarily question yep. why you're doing it and yeah to have that kind of choice in there that if you do go and you think nah I, I don't believe you no actually you know yeah, what? Yeah. you're going to find out the hard way and you're going to be back at Ammunition before you on uh, Maria again because um, yeah it's not going to end well yeah it doesn't end well but uh, but it's such a good like cap off point like a very tense point mm-hmm. to the end of the first act yeah so you meet Maria down at the docks and then you sail all the way across over to Staten Island yeah. where you meet Ahsoka Kensei who is part of the Yakuza yes and yeah. a very cool mission giver yeah very very cool mission giver and um so portland's mafia controlled you're doing a lot of missions for the mafia this next one you're doing a lot of missions for the yakuza that's your kind of main gang that is in Staunton. um so between asuka and her brother mm-hmm. kenji who he's an interesting character yeah kenji is very interesting like asuka is very like she's very stern very serious straight to the point but you can tell yeah. that she's wanting to help you she's using what she can to just help you out and give you an advantage advantage uh, mainly for maria i think like because i think yep. those two had like some kind of past together so it's almost like a favor for yes so ahsoka and kenji they both run the yakuza and i think kenji kind of sees himself as as the ruler as in like it's his thing and he's very like stern very dictatorish manic like it's his way or the highway sort of thing. Mm-hmm. That set of missions that you get for the Yakuza are fantastic. Another highlight from this game, especially, is the gang-centric cars that you get. Yeah. In all GTAs, like cars have got their own kind of personalities and stuff like that. But I think it's more prevalent in this trilogy of games. Like my favorite car in the whole the whole of GTA three is the Yakuza Stinger. It is such a nice car. It is a phenomenal car. It's very you can tell it a mile off. It's got a great paint job. Yep. Um. So you can chase it down the street. Uh, if it doesn't stop at the traffic lights, mm-hmm. you can just keep mashing because i'll never give up uh rather than because yep. <laughs> you know if you turn around there is no cars for about half an hour it won't it won't spawn them yeah, yeah. um and you know exactly where it is as well and it's always outside uh asuka's condo down uh on the docks um and again it's yeah. just a fantastic introduction to that second island which is you know a far higher class island you're all of a sudden you're getting sports cars it's got mm-hmm. polar buildings it's got the construction site and yeah. the uh the university up at the back the there and the football stadium yeah there's yeah. there's so much on that island uh obviously 
there's the casino which Kenji owns. Yeah. And well, the Yakuza own that casino. And so a lot of the missions are coming from mm-hmm. there. But yeah, like I think he's just wanting to keep a foothold of this area in uh, Liberty City. But that obviously doesn't work out well. No. As you, well, first of all, uh, we'll have to mention Ray. Ray Machowski. Who you find in the toilets. Ray Machowski. <laughs> now, a, a really interesting kind of character a really seedy dirty character uh, i really like ray like uh he's a corrupt lcpd officer uh, and also an informant from the yakuza so you get that set of missions like fact that, like this game like the way it's paced is phenomenal in terms of like okay uh one character leads to another and another yep. character leads to another and another character leads to another and everything just flows really well yep so like the location you find him in is the toilets in Staten Island, which is like the kind of central park yes. kind of area yeah, that's it. of it. And it's just underground toilets and he's just in there. Of course he is. <laughs> because this is, again, one of those wonderful parts that they write this really great character played by Robert Lozier. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> who is, again, they must have just been absolutely loving themselves getting him on board because yeah. of the, uh, the Scarface connection. Um, they're like, okay, right, yeah. where could we meet him? Dirty toilets under a park. That's what we'll do. That's where we'll put them. <laughs> but I, I think that I think it just fits. Like it just fits uh, a, like a corrupt cop. It does. Like you, he would probably want That's to meet right. someone there. Like he's seen a lot of shit. He's like a bit disgruntled. He's just like had enough of like authority and stuff like that. I think he's doing a bit mm-hmm. of drugs on yep. the side as well. And uh, he's like just a colorful character to me. And then he introduce you to donald love yeah who's the kind of last kind of big mission giver of Staten island he is another big kind of turning point another big character to be introduced because um his mission set that he he starts giving out to claude really does shape your time on Staten island and how the the, the game is going yeah. to move forward and how how that plot's going to move forward as well again kyle mclachlan mm-hmm. playing him from twin peaks and and yeah. various other uh, hollywood films so again a, a really big get that just adds so much weight uh, yeah. and pull to a very early installment in this in this franchise He's a businessman, entrepreneur. He owns Love Media, which is like basically most of the radio stations that are on on the game, including like a bunch of television stations, networks and everything like that. So he's like a huge business entrepreneur guy, uh, got his fingers in a lot of pies. And he's I think he's out just to take Liberty yeah. City. Like he's he wants Liberty City and he sees obviously like the gangs as a hindrance to that. So mm-hmm. one of the first missions that you get from Donald Love is that you have to kill Kenji. Yes. He incites it with a, almost like a gang war because yeah. you have to pick up a Colombian cartel car mm-hmm. to run him over. That's right. Just outside the casino. Oh, it's on top of the um, multi-story car park. That's right. I think he's giving some kind of speech or stuff like that because I remember just like <laughs> like running over Kenji and then just going off the jump at the end. And I was like, yes. Of course, you're right. It basically puts that one on a platter. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure there's like an early mission as well that shows you like a unique jump at some point or you have to take it. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, it's just a, like, okay, like you've kind of built this trust up with the Yakuza and now you just have to tarnish it. And it, it seems to be a thing that just happens to Claude throughout the whole of this, like builds up a reputation with a gang and then like he's got to take out their leader at some point. Yeah, one of the many betrayal revenge kind of parts of the story is 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 those, I mean, the Yakuza take him in, uh, they mm-hmm. give him safe house um, and then he just goes and kills one of them. Yeah. Because why not? Because he is single-mindedly, he's just going straight for Catalina and he'll do anything to get straight to her. Yeah, um, definitely. 
I do feel that the Donald Love is is potentially maybe a slightly different business model, but he's definitely the the Donald Trump of this Liberty City. Oh yeah, definitely. It's quite calm, quite uh, has a like a calm demeanor and stuff like that. I think the Oriental gentleman is associate of his. I remember them doing like Tai Chi and stuff like that on top of the on top of like a love tower. Yes, yes. Um, because yeah. I think you you do rescue him and take him take the Oriental gentleman back to uh, to Donald Love. Backtracking a little bit, I totally forgot this. The fact that like uh, Asuka Kensei gives you the order to kill Salvatore Leon. Oh, really? Yeah. She, uh, so it's like one of the first missions that you do for her. I don't know about you, but um, I what I always used to do. I used to park a car right in front of like a because he was coming out of Luigi's Club. That's right. I used to always park a car at the side there and just shoot the car until it blew up when he was next to it. <laughs> I just thought that was such an easier way of doing it, or I went off to the corner and took the sniper rifle and just capped him as soon as I, as soon as I could. Yeah, it's really interesting. A lot of these these missions that the first time you play them, you kind of play them to the book. You you do wait in that one specific spot and wait for the person to come out, and then you tail them for three hours, and then and then try and take them out from there. Whereas fifth, sixth player through, you're sitting there with grenades just lobbing them around, knowing exactly yeah. what to do. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So uh, back to Donald Love. After you've done your set of missions for him, you go back up to Love Tower and uh, he's vanished. He's completely gone. Yep. But I think um, like a lot of crap just happened. Yeah. And uh, you just wanted to get out. Yeah, this is exactly it. And I think um, he's quite happy just to leave Claude, if needs be, to take the rap. It's worth pointing out that, that Donald Love is one of the few who have transitioned between the 3D and the HD trilogy. So yeah. Donald Love's picture appears on many newspapers in Grand Theft Auto 4. Oh, nice. And in Grand Theft Auto 5, Love is one of the honoured celebrities on the Vinerood Walk of Fame. Thank you, GTAfandom.com. That is, that's cool. That's very, very cool. Also, <laughs> oh, I want to bring this up because it is fun. Uh, I'm not sure if you know like how much of a rivalry that Rockstar had with uh, the company that produced Driver. Yes, very much so. I think there were shots fired either way. Like uh, they used to make fun of each other, like in certain missions. Mm. And there is a mission called Two Face Tanner. Yes, and there's a character called Tanner in it. Tanner is an undercover police officer posing as Ahsoka's driver. He's killed by Claude on orders of Ahsoka, and she discovers that he is a police officer. And apparently, he his driving yes. is terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I like I I like I like stuff like that. I I think I think I think Driver make fun of uh, Tommy Versetti. Uh, they do he, not being able to swim. Yeah, I can't remember the name of the character, but yeah, like they give him armbands and stuff like that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so it, it, it's kind of nice. It's nice little playful back and forth that they have. But uh, yeah, I was just looking through the characters there, and uh, I, th- I noticed Tanner, and I was like, oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> So yeah, uh, after Donald Love, uh, well, actually, before you finish Donald Love's kind of missions, uh, you start getting access to Shoreside Vale, which opens up the last kind of act of this game. Um, act one, you're working for the Mafia. Act two, you're working for the Yakuza. Then Act three, would probably be best that you're kind of almost working for the cartel. Yeah, well, this is this is the closest you've got to uh, Catalina so far. Yeah, well, you're still kind of working for Asuka because she believes... That they obviously the Colombian cartel killed Kenji, her brother. Yes. So she's so she kidnaps um she kidnaps Miguel, who is Catalina's second in command. Yeah, Miguel's very much uh hired muscle, I would say is probably the best kind of thing. Like he's he really is. like second in command, but like he's he's the big brute, he's not too clever. 
But yeah, uh, Ahsoka kidnaps him and tries to get information out of him. Yeah, he's he's not particularly brave either because as soon as anything kind of starts to go wrong in that handoff, Miguel's straight in there with just take what mm-hmm. you want, uh, don't hurt me kind of thing. And Catalina just leaves him really for dead. And Asuka's, she uh, she she quite enjoys that as well because it looks like she has quite a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, torturing him. Yes. Yeah. With uh, the torture of Miguel, then you finally get information about Catalina and where she is and mm-hmm. uh, how to get her. So Catalina finds out that Miguel's blabbed and uh, she comes in and she kills Miguel and also Asuka as well. Yeah. So that leads into the last kind of like big mission. You have to take um, some ransom money because uh, they've kidnapped um, kidnapped Maria. They have, yeah. Again, a, a nice little kind of Metroidvania style last mission in that you need a certain amount of money to be able to unlock it um that's that's referenced by a little bits of of dialogue as well there as soon as you hand over the 50 (laughs) is it fifty thousand? um oh you have been busy um so just a little nod to know that yep you you probably had to go out there and do a bunch of side missions and and what have you to be able to to buy your way into that nice little trope to make sure that your time in liberty city is is short meaningful but uh it's it's not too not too fast yeah and then uh it begins the the chain of events that is that last mission and like what a last mission it is so you hand over the money and as soon as you do yeah it's a, it's a setup so you just get open fired like from everyone and like the top of the mansion and the bottom of the mansion and everything like that so uh you mm-hmm. fight your way out of there once you get out of the mansion, you steal a car and you see Catalina getting away in a helicopter. You follow the helicopter down to the dam and then you've got to make your way through the gauntlet that is the dam in yeah. order to get to the helipad at the end. And uh, oh, it's a real test of your, your skills. And uh, But a sniper rifle is your best friend in that mission it really is yeah yeah Yeah. you soon you soon start learning how to zoom that thing uh how to gonna move um what range those weapons have as well yeah Uh, i thought that was that was quite good uh technique for me but fighting your way through there i mean it's that's hard enough and you think oh my goodness this is the biggest gunfight we've ever had yeah until the big finale yeah it's a huge huge finale yeah i think i think you and me both play that the same way like we were just cautious enough to like drive forward a wee bit take sniper out five yep. shoot as many as we can then drive forward a wee bit more and then shoot a bit further so clear the path all the way to the helipad and maria's waiting there catalina takes off in the helicopter and you yep. just shoot down the helicopter with a rocket launcher and that's the end of catalina as you do, yeah, quite a fitting end yeah. for for such a, a passionate, hot-headed, crazy lady. Yeah, um, definitely. I think flying around in a, in a helicopter above Liberty City, mm-hmm. getting shot up by a, a rocket launcher is actually probably the way I think that she would want to go. Yeah, definitely. And then that's that's the end of GTA 3. It is, it is. Apart from one tiny little moment, mm-hmm. um, just after the um the news report yeah which is very cool it is a very cool um little bit of dialogue there just explaining to all the liberty cityites about the events that have just happened maria starts getting a little bit hysterical maybe and um yeah all we hear is a single gunshot and then no more maria <laughs> it's so it's so good though like i like i love that it's the fact that like i think like i think they paint her as the kind of like love interest of this game um yeah. like uh probably forced upon actually because like she's kind of like oh yeah like i'm just gonna hold on to your arm and stuff yeah. like that. you're you're good for me sort of thing and claude's well he hasn't got a voice he's just like sure 
Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's right. But then uh, obviously at the end and stuff like that, she's just going absolutely hysterical and uh, just talking and talking and talking and talking and talking and just doesn't shut up. And then the gunshot goes off and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> there we go. And I think that just cements that, that Claude is just there to get Catalina. And once he's got that, yeah, you know what, everything else, he's just used everybody else to get to where he needed to be or, yeah. or to get, you know, the what he wanted out of it. And mm-hmm. as we, we talked earlier that Maria's kind of pulling his strings, maybe with that action, it's it's not quite as, as one-sided as it initially felt um, earlier on in the game because he just proves that once he's done, yeah, that's he's done. It. Um, just reading a little bit up about Maria as well and uh, like she phones Chatterbox FM complaining to Laszlo about yes. how Claude doesn't talk to, <laughs> doesn't talk and, That's just and that he's writing. always hanging out with the guys <laughs> just absolutely fantastic writing I mean yeah who would have thought it was just like right okay there must have been somebody on the last day and just go oh we need to sneak this in yeah. we need to get that yeah. in there like uh, it, like that's that's the one thing it's just, it's just always charming about Grand Theft Auto is like just how very self-aware it is and uh like it's able to pull fun out of itself it really is it's it knows it's a video game mm-hmm. it knows it's silly it yeah. knows how to how to have a bit of a poke of fun at itself but yeah, that is the end of uh, GTA 3 in terms of characters and story, but we are missing one of the best characters who was introduced at the very start. Yes, quite deliberately. We left the, the best for last, and that is Mr. A-Ball. Yes, um, so he's the first character that you meet after you get broken out of the van, and uh, he is just the coolest guy he really is he's the one that gives like the really interesting kind of missions the fun missions with a lot of weapons stuff like he's he's the guy you go to to get your weapons one of the first missions where you get a car and trip it with a bomb like that is yeah, fun really that is. is just so much fun and so iconic uh, he gives you the sniper rifle as well, which uh, you use to help him blow up a ship. That's right. He goes and sneaks on and you have to hang back and take out. Mm-hmm. Am I right in saying it was cowboys? Maybe have I a bunch of dudes dressed like cowboys on that ship? It was the cartel. It was. Yeah, it was the cartel. So um, A-Ball helps Claude get work for the Leon family and later destroys a ship dock in Portland, which has been used by the cartel for a spank factory. Those are words that I just absolutely love. I love the, the idea of infiltrating a spank yeah. factory. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, um, the uh, that mission is ace. The fact that like you're just providing cover fire for 8-Ball as he goes in and blows up the... Um, blows up the uh the ship port which is ah oh, it's fun it really is it's really really fun and he's just he's just cool like <laughs> i can't i can't state that enough i think that's the that's the kind of last kind of mission you see of him like he's only in the very start but he has like shops all the way around liberty city so there's like one in portland one in Sutton, and one in shoreside vale and you can go in and get your car tripped out with a bomb yeah i think he's he's got um got shops all over the place doesn't he yeah um i think they're in are they in vice city yeah he's got uh, vice city and, and san andreas as well so he's uh he's quite a successful businessman yeah successful businessman like obviously he doesn't appear in vice city or or san andreas like in person no, but, but like you feel his presence there yeah 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 definitely. and it's just something it's something very like um just familiar and comforting like it's like uh, having an ammunition yeah. yeah you know that that's going to be in a gta game whereas like in this trilogy you knew that there was going to be a garage that eight ball owns 
that you can just trip out your car. Yeah, yeah, this is it. And this is why um, GTA 3 really holds its own, I guess it's, it's a fantastic tutorial for the rest of the series as well. Mm-hmm. From now on, you know what an ammunition does, what a pain spray does, yeah. because of all these characters given those those initial very first uh, missions that they do. And yeah, I just love the fact that A-Ball comes out all bandaged up yeah. and has a legitimate reason to not drive yeah. uh, for once. <laughs> yeah, whereas every other uh, character in GTA is just lazy. Just lazy and just, or and, drunk, and, and just makes you drive. Imagine how boring the games would be if you just sat there as a passenger the whole time. <laughs> uh, I do. I, I don't know. I like. I do kind of like some of the missions where you do like kind of take a like a, a passenger seat and you're shooting because uh, uh, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I'm not the best driver in these games. <laughs> not at all. No. No, I don't think anybody is. Uh, I think that's the, that's the good thing is I think um, we're universally uh, as a community we're all pretty bad at driving them. <laughs> yeah. And as always, this feature is brought to you by GTAFandom.com. They've done the work, so we don't have to. All right, so we have some NPC dialogue. We've been down to our local Twat Cafe and checked our inboxes, and we have an email come in. So Joe used the same email address that you can, that's grandtheftpodcast at gmail.com, and says, I'm not really a big player of games, but I've watched my fair share of pals playing GTA over the years. One thing I remember from when the first one exploded onto the scene was the in-game radio stations playing a whole load of different bands, which exposed people to a whole lot of music and genres that they may not have previously discovered. I guess this might have been one of the first examples of music consumption branching out beyond the traditional TV radio mediums. So Joe asks whether there are any particular artists or songs that you guys heard for the first time on a GTA soundtrack that went on to become your favourites or shaped the way your musical taste developed. Good question, Joe. Thank you. That's a very good question, Joe. Very good question. Um, well, for for me personally, Vice City was the kind of first game that I really hooked on to the soundtrack of. I'd played a little bit of Tony Hawk's, but I, like I was never a skater. I was never like into. I just didn't get that game at all, yeah. and I still don't. Which, uh, yeah, people can shoot me or crucify me for that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, um, so like Vice City was like the first kind of big proper gaming soundtrack that I kind of gravitated towards. Yeah. My kind of sort of music tastes when I first started getting properly into music, um, it was around about the same time I started to learn an instrument. So I was learning the bass guitar, mm-hmm. getting involved in bands, and uh, realizing like what's needed to like produce songs and write songs and uh what goes into all that yeah so my music taste kind of went from like my dad introduced me to green day nice then i went to nirvana Mm -hmm. and then into metallica and then into incubus and then as soon as it hit incubus everything just kind of exploded onto the scene yeah yeah uh i would say that in my heart i am a rock metal kid through and through yep and uh so the soundtrack that i listened to the most well the radio station i listened to the most on Vice City was obviously V-Rock. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of bands on there that like, I felt like like I hadn't heard before, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. never heard before. So there was obviously stuff like Slayer, Anthrax. Uh, I'd heard of Iron Maiden, yeah. but like, I wasn't a big sort of fan at that point in time. I was very primarily focused on Metallica. Mm-hmm. Uh, it introduced me to a lot of bands that I probably wouldn't have given a second chance. 
until I heard those songs. And I was like, oh, these songs are really, really good. And then going out and like buying a Megadeth album, buying Rust in Peace and mm-hmm. uh, buying Rain and Blood and um, like Fear of the Dark and everything yeah. like that from uh, Iron Maiden. And yeah, like that is probably a pivotal moment in my kind of like music history was thanks to that soundtrack. That's amazing. It's, it's great because we've all been in that kind of situation where you go out and you find the album with the song on it that you've heard. Yeah. And if you pick up something like Rust in Peace, it's just going to blow you away if you've never heard that before yeah it's amazing that's fantastic it's so <laughs> do you uh, do you always gravitate toward the same radio stations now if you replay those games uh no actually in vice city especially i'll gravitate more towards like kind of 80s poppy like big stadium kind of rocky stuff uh synthy new wave kind of stuff which is which is excellent, which, like, obviously Flash has in, in Spadefuls and uh, Emotion, obviously, like, like the amount of songs that are on that now, which are just absolute bangers. Mm-hmm. Anytime that comes on the radio or anytime it comes on to um, back in the day when we were allowed to go outside and uh, go to clubs and uh, bars and everything like that. But yeah, like having like um, like Michael Jackson's Billy Jean and Brian Adams run to you, um, Lionel Richie running in the night, yeah. Toto Africa, yeah, yeah. Mr. Mister, Broken Wings. Brilliant. Love that, love that song. Nowadays, like I will listen to, well, if I ever replay San Andreas, I'll go to Radio Los Santos instead of Radio X. So I feel like I should be listening to stuff like NWA and like Snoop Dogg and uh, Dr. Dre and all all that kind of like, just the culture of it. Like, I feel like I should be listening to that while I play that game. Yeah. And yeah. it just feel it feels right. I think it's, it's a great curation of, of music in that it does. It gives you those kind of soundtracks that you would expect a game to just have given you, like having um, Radio Los Santos if you're playing yeah. 1992 LA kind of style or, or that setting, or something like um, mm-hmm. Emotion or, or Fever or something from Vice City. You know, you're given that 80s soundtrack to play that 80s game. But the fantastic thing that those games do is it'll shake it up. If you want that flavor uh, to be heavy metal, go and listen to the metal version of it. If you want it to be yeah. hip hop, go and listen to the hip hop stations, um, and it will curate all those things together. Yeah, there's nothing really that that stands out with me being ever so slightly older. I'm not saying that I'd listen to every single song ever at that yeah. point, but I was aware mostly of of those bands. Um, mm-hmm. By the time that I'd I'd got round to, to yeah. playing those games, what it gave me is a great opportunity to actually listen to those within a game, uh, which I thought was a very very cool way of doing it. Mm-hmm. But it also made me um, really want to curate quite eclectic playlists. Um, And that's really what I took away from those games is being able to to make a playlist. Mm -hmm. um, Even, you know, yesterday I was listening to something that went from Anthrax to uh, Lionel Richie, actually, to Spandau Ballet to Flock of Seagulls, back to back. And it was absolutely fantastic. And that's the way music should be. Uh, And Grand Theft Auto gives you that opportunity and it it shows Mm -hmm. that, that, yes, you can can mash all these things together and it comes out and it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I think think Vice City probably does it the best though in terms of like i think i i think i explained it uh, last time that it was uh like that collective umbrella of 80s like you can have you can have your metal you can have your rock you can have your pop you can have uh, your like new wave you can have all that kind of stuff but like if you listen to any of those tracks you go that's 80s yeah that is yeah, yeah. so 80s and it just flows it does like, it doesn't 
feel out of place. Yeah, that's true. I think it, if it was my job, I think I'd be uh, there'd be more on the cutting room floor than there would be in the game because, like you say, there's just so much to pull from <laughs> and so very stylized as well. Yeah, yeah. If we're thinking about obviously like gaming soundtracks that are like very mm-hmm. like prominent and stuff, and like obviously Tony Hawk's comes to mind, uh, Guitar Hero yep. when yep. that first came out. Like, um, like I got into Lama God because of nice. Guitar Hero, and they are one of my absolute nice. favorite bands because of that. I think it's just testament. Like, I don't know if it's, um, I don't know if it's like the novelty of a song being yeah. in a game or a film that just gives it a bit more gravitas. And then when you do like listen to it on a CD or like find it on Spotify or whatever, you just instantly go, "Oh crap, that's from that film or that game." So you have that link there. Yeah. Yeah, it, it it pulls the 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 listener or the player into a real world, uh, and it does. It gives it that gravity, that weight mm. to it. I still can't hear "Welcome to the Jungle" without seeing CJ walk toward me with like a, a rocket launcher and explosions going off on the back of him, just like in the advert back in what was it, two thousand four or something. So it good, was absolutely fantastic. It was like a great marriage of you knew exactly when and where this game was going to take place. But at that time, pre um, internet, really, you didn't know anything about it. You just yeah. knew a new Grand Theft Auto was coming. It had guns and roses in it explosions mm-hmm. and rocket launchers that's all we needed to know absolutely fantastic yeah like we've we've said it before the greatest character in any gta is the the radio it is it really is it's it's one of the first things that people speak about when you talk about playing grand theft auto games just how yeah. good the radio is all the way from from like chatterbox fm all the way up to something like v-rock mm. yeah like um it's a, it's kind of like a nice little contrast between like yourself and me in terms of how we experience this soundtrack of grand theft auto yep. like if we are getting these remakes and stuff like that people are going to be experiencing like i i hope people find bands and music like if they choose the soundtrack correctly, hopefully these people find like their new favorite band or their new favorite song and stuff like that through these games. Yeah, that's a really good point. Something I didn't consider it as well is that hopefully there's going to be a brand new generation, um, which is going to be really tough. I mean, I, I think, again, if we're talking about who's curating these and, and bringing these together, it's going to have to be so stylized because of the the world we live in just now is you can just mm. open up an app on your phone and have access to nearly every single song that's ever been made. So yeah. to be able to pull that together, to create an atmosphere, um, mm. hopefully that's going to come across. Yeah. And and like you say, uh, some new memories are going to be triggered and um, some people are going to be able to find out some, some new bands and some new music or hopefully a new style of music necessarily because yeah. it uh, was the soundtrack to something extremely cool happening uh, in the background of, of the game they were playing. And on that, that brings the first episode to a close. Thank you very much for staying with us through all this. And thank you very much, Gary. Uh, Thank you very much for having me. We hope to see you again next week. And remember, while other podcasts are in school, we're out here doing stunt jumps. Until next week, keep it six stars.